The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Untold History Revealed. I am your host, Sean Donnelly. And I'm your co-host, Marianne Donnelly. So, hey, today on this podcast, we are going to finalize our series. We've been talking about the 1893 Columbian Exposition Exposition. Chicago World's Fair. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be going over some of the details that we haven't talked about in the last three episodes. But this is going (laughs) to wrap it up. And next week we're going to move on to a different topic. So a little bit about who we are and what's going on here, what we do. We are the owners of PanicD.com and Dark Shadow Ghost Tours. And we've traveled all over the United States and territories to different locations that have paranormal claims. Uh, Marianne is a science, uh, forensic, and biology teacher. And I am a technology coordinator for a school district. So our podcast brings some travel, history, paranormal, forensics, true crime, whatever. Uh, we, We do this as a hobby. Uh, and, uh, we're always like looking up stuff saying, wow, this is cool. Did you know this? Did you know this? And like one thing leading to another. So we thought, you know what? We better start document this stuff for, I don't know who for, for people out there wanting to listen to us. For ourselves when we're, you know, 90, you know, we're old and feeble and we get to go (laughs) back and listen to our lives. So basically that, that's how, uh, untold history reveal started. And uh, I don't know how many episodes we have out there now. Quite a few. And, uh, yeah. So that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I do agree. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I think we should do he said, she said. Stuff. <laughs> of course you do. I disagree, and here's why. <laughs> I agree, and here's why. Oh, goodness gracious. So we're sitting here in our new studio that we have set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, we also started a series on YouTube. Uh, we're at youtube.com slash panic D videos, um, a series called our haunted travels. And each week we finish, uh, feature one of the locations that we've been to and go a little bit more in depth. So if you're into that kind of stuff, uh, history and paranormal and things like that, go ahead and head over there and check that out. And, uh, yeah. And at least one of the videos every week has a lot of historical information in it. So if you're yeah. not into the paranormal portion, there's still a, a lot of history in some Most, of those. Mostly history. Yeah. Mostly history. But we do dabble in the we do. arts of ghost hunting. Yes. Paranormal investigation. <laughs> All right. So we have been talking about one of our favorite topics, uh, the 1893 World's Exhibition for a few weeks now. 
And one of the things I that think they're getting we sick didn't, of it. yeah, but one of the things that we didn't do was just give like some basic information about it. Like yeah, we, we told, did that in the first we should have, but we didn't. We're a little bit backwards sometimes. You know, in education, they do talk about backwards design. <laughs> Just a little educational humor there. Uh, but uh, I thought today we could finish up uh, and talk about the basics of it. You know, when, how did they decide to go there? When, were, when was it going to be? Um, when was it open? You know, how big was it? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You good with that? I'm good with that. I'm, I'm going to be your co-pilot. You're going to be my because co-pilot? Because you have most of the stuff over there and... I'll, I'll let you know if I've heard this stuff before or if this is new to me. Oh, okay. And I'll comment on what you're saying. So we'll take that route. Okay. How's that sound? Sure, why not? All right, so where do we begin? I think we should and start with the time the, watcher, too, I think we should so. start with a bidding. Um, they started trying to decide who Did you was say going. bidding or beginning? Bidding. Well, I guess they it's were, both. Yeah, they were bidding on who would get to be the location. And so Chicago was one of the four, and that bidding process started in 1882. So the cities, was, cities bid to yes. whom? Uh, they bid to the Congress of was, the U.S. Right? U.S. Yeah. Congress, right? Um, but they they had decided way back in 1882. That gonna this it. was going to be the process. This was what was going to happen for 1890. It was supposed to be 1892. Turned out to be 1893. But who's counting years? So the process in planning this started. Yeah, the way back before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, if you it's think about thing. that, you know, it seems really odd that it would take that long. But if you relate it to like today, the Olympics. Well, yeah. We have those bidding processes years in advance for those as well. And um, so I think it's kind well, the of the same is, idea. Is the United States government didn't want to be showed up by the one that they had in Paris. Yeah, Paris was a biggie and yeah. they were quite. So they said, we got to go all out. What relates something major at this time to the United States, North America? And that's the discovery of America by Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Which back then was, boom, That's this is how it happens. This is how it's in the history books. He discovered America. Now, mm-hmm. today, there's controversy and other yeah, people say, absolutely. Did, you know, he went to the West Indies and, you know, different stuff like that. But yep. back then, that's what they believed in and that was going to be the theme. So right. that's why they call it the Columbian Exposition. Yes. But where were they going to have it? Now that I interrupted you enough, keep on going. Oh, no, no, that's that's perfectly fine. So who were the four that, that chimed in on the bid? Well, that was going to be, of course, New York City. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't it be New York City, right? Uh, and, of course, Washington, D.C. Because, of course, it's Washington, D.C. And what's really cool is they actually have some... Um, drawings of where things were going to be in washington dc you could still find pictures of of those drawings which folks i apologize i keep saying in these previous podcasts i'm going to get them posted i think we mentioned that in the podcast or maybe our live show i don't remember it's all big blur and <laughs> but uh that we were going to get this posted out there mm-hmm. i i am going to do that this weekend i promise if not starting <laughs> today posting the, these pictures and stuff out there and hopefully you're keeping a list somewhere 
I was in the previous ones, but I don't know if I still have it. But I'm sure I could figure it out. Okay, so I'll um, go and get this stuff posted out yeah. there. So because that is a really cool layout it design. Is. It shows the Washington Monument and how they were going to lay it out. Yeah, which kind of leads me to believe that it was really going to be a, a tough race between Washington D.C. and Chicago. Did you say even the four? though I didn't say all four yet? Okay, um, so. but. New York was was another one like that was really tied in there. So I'm not sure. I never saw any diagrams of New York with this, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Anyhow, the fourth location, because we had, of course, Chicago that won. We had New York City. We have Washington D.C. The fourth one was St. Louis, which, by the way, ended up getting the World's Fair a few years later. Uh, was it 1904, 1906, something to that effect? They 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 ended up getting another World's Fair. Well, all four locations that you're talking about back in the late 1800s were very influential locations in the United States. Mm-hmm. You have New York City, where most of the immigrants came to the country. They came through Ellis Island, mm-hmm. okay, New York City. You have Washington D.C., which is the capital of the country, mm-hmm. okay. You have St. Louis, which was the gateway to the West. Mm-hmm. So the Oregon Trail and all that other stuff, all that, the train and all that ran through St. Louis. And then you have Chicago, which the interesting part about Chicago is they're, number one, recovering from a massive fire in 1871 that destroyed the city. That they are. So they want to show off the city and get people to come back to Chicago, that kind of thing. Also... All four of these locations had something that influenced each one of them, and that was money. That they did. Yes. Yes. Because this is back in the industrial age. You know, you have your railroad tycoons and your oil tycoons and all these other, you know, know, politicians and all this money. Mm -hmm. Who wins out? Whoever has the most money. Right. That happened to be Chicago. Yes. Marshall Field was one of the big contributors of money and yeah. raised a lot of money in a very short time. And they're like, okay. And why was that so very important to be able to raise this money to, to bring these you know, events to your area? They didn't want another Philadelphia. Yeah. They, they wanted to outdo Paris and, uh, if they had another flop like Philadelphia, yeah, it was going to be a problem. It, it would have made the United States look yeah. horrid. Yeah, so this was definitely um, had to have the money bank backing. They this. did. So. This was the the 1893 World's Exhibition was the 15th one that was ever in existence around the world, but it was only the second one in the United States. And the first time around, it didn't go well. They lost a ton of money, and so they said. Well, we're going to make it, and we're going to make it good, but we're going to need money to back it. Yeah. So they they really picked some some influential towns. So. All right. So uh, that bidding started then in 1882, and then they decided um, in 1890, it was actually April 25th of 1890, that it was going to be Chicago. Nine, I'm sorry, Eight, I can't count. Eight years in this bidding process. Really? That's crazy. Can you imagine working for eight years to just, you know, 
potentially not get this. Right. You know? Well, you know, working on grants and stuff at at, uh, at work, it's it's just such a long, drawn-out process, you know. Mm-hmm. And we get calls all the time. I don't tell you, but I get calls all the time for the business wanting us to work on, you know, government programs and stuff and websites and there have been a like couple that. that you've mentioned yeah well i always turn them down because it's just <laughs> it's just so time consuming you need Sucks a staff right to be working on oh yeah it's yeah. just too much you know so yeah so in uh 1890 then president uh benjamin harrison signed the act that was going to designate Chicago as the site of the exhibition. And so they immediately got to work and got everything. They were working on it. And what's really super fun to me is that while they were building this whole area, they would charge people to come and watch. And so you could get like a little ticket and you could come in and and it would cost you 50 cents uh, to come to the exhibition once it opened. But you got in for half price to see them build it. It was 25 cents to watch the construction of the fairgrounds, which is, I mean, if you think about it again, I keep saying, if you think about it, what did my, my father and all the guys in his neighborhood, if somebody's building something, they all get their little lawn chairs out, they go sit outside and watch. They got to, you know, be those supervisors from afar, you know, checking it out. Not here. They're going to have to pay for it. Not exactly. Don't, you can bring your chair, but bring me a quarter, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an interesting fundraising idea. Yeah. It would have been cool there to kind of watch it yeah. come come to fruition, so to speak. Absolutely. So I don't know if I there would was spend a lot of all building. day, every day, sitting there. <laughs> that would be like, well, it would be kind of expensive, too, because um, that would be about $7 a day in today's money to go sit and watch the building. Oh, you figured that out, did you? It's about fourteen dollars for a ticket to enter the World's Fair at fifty cents. So about seven dollars is going to be the half price to yeah. watch them build it. Okay. So that would be kind of expensive after a while. So you probably didn't go every day. No. But um, yeah. So as it turned out, um, it w- the entire area that they were building. I mean, it was huge. It was six hundred and thirty-three acres. Most of it was swamp. And they had a lot of work to do to fix that, too. Yeah, Yeah. so um, they did build some magnificent buildings. Um, They had one building in particular that was just huge. One building, the Manufacturers and Liberal Arts Building, was 40 acres. Wow. It was 230 feet tall, and it was the largest enclosed space that had ever been built to that time. It was just a monster. 633 acres is the whole place. One building is 40 acres of it. That's crazy. And people loved going and watching that. So do you have, like, a cost of, the like, the total cost of construction? Because I did read somewhere while we were doing this that they actually recovered the cost, like, very shortly. Yeah, it took them a very short time in order to um, recover the cost. I wanted to say it was, like, $26 was it $26 million. million. But I don't know if that's right. I could right. just imagine the labor and the materials and just one building being that big. 
that would be insane. They would probably have to lay railroad track and to have all those materials and everything. Yeah, they in. yeah they built two hundred buildings, you know. Yeah. So it was not going to be cheap. I something tells me that I read somewhere that it was twenty six million dollars, but um, I don't know that that's right. No, forty six million dollars. I was then, twenty million off. Then yes, it would be equivalent of one point two billion dollars now. For temporary buildings. Yes. And they were temporary. Wow. They were made to come down within days. <laughs> so for most of them, there were a couple buildings that were meant to stay. But for the majority of it, yeah, it was So, yeah, you're right. This is pretty close stuff. to, like, hosting the Olympics. Yeah. I meant real close to mm-hmm. it. The money that they, they have to raise to put into that to have the world showcased right. there in your country. So Yeah. So $46 million was that value uh, to, to do that. So on that, they had... Uh, That's just construction? That was construction, yes. Just construction. Because then on top of that, you have the cost of uh, marketing and promoting and, you know, getting people to come there. And, and all those different types of tickets that they made. Oh, man, yeah. You know? Did you read anywhere? Did they charge for a booth, get free booths? I did not find any information on that um, throughout all this time. Like I for didn't. Boost space, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, know that Edison I was don't. There and I read that. I read that um, Heinz mm-hmm. was given a booth on the second floor. So I don't know so if. They used the word given. They used the word given. They, so I don't know if that was. They that's just. That's where they you know, signed it. Yeah. Or if they actually paid for that space paid for a space and that's just where they went because you know when we run craft shows and things like that today we just literally you pay for a booth and they put you wherever they want so they give you the spot so it's not like they're giving it away for free so i don't know though you look that up and i'm going to uh mention that not only were there 200 buildings um, they also had 65,000 exhibits, which is an exorbitant amount of exhibits as well. I mean, you've got 200 buildings and you've got 65,000 exhibits in them. It's crazy. Um, but they did have turbines and artwork and things from 46 different countries. It was unbelievable. And it was supposed to happen for 1892 which was the 400th anniversary, but it actually took three years of preparation to make it what it was. And even still, when it opened, it wasn't ready yet. Um, we mentioned in a couple of the other podcasts, you know, the, uh, the Ferris wheel wasn't ready yet. The electric people walker, uh, what do you call people it? Mover. The people mover. It, it wasn't ready yet. You know, so there were things that even when they opened a year after they were supposed to, they still weren't ready. You know, it, it was a lot. Um, however, uh, they did dedicate it on October 21st of 1892. So they had the dedication ceremony in the correct year. They just didn't open the doors for the official fair until uh, the following year. So um, it was open from May 1st to October 30th. 
1893. So it was dedicated October 21st, 1892, and then it opened May 1st of 1893 and closed October 30th of 1893, just before Halloween. I don't know why they didn't. Sorry about that, folks. We just had a pop-up on the computer. Um, I don't know why they didn't leave it open, at least for Halloween. They could have had a big party there or something, but um, I don't know. I, I know that they were they were well, planning a big closing ceremony, and then they, they had the problem. They didn't have it open because of the tragedy, which we covered but, in the last. But but all of the tickets, though. But what would have happened say, if through the October thirtieth? Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Not the thirty. Yeah, all those fancy tickets. What they was all the year? say eighteen ninety-three. October thirtieth of eighteen ninety-three. Eighteen ninety-three. Yeah, that was the the final. So what day of the week of it was? It? Oh, I don't know. So you're thinking maybe it was like a Sunday, and they didn't want to have. Yeah. Hmm. Like maybe the thirty-first was a Sunday. No, the October 30th was a Monday. Yeah, that is weird. That is super weird. Yeah, why didn't they just go to the Tuesday and celebrate Halloween? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they Unless didn't. It wasn't maybe that big of a deal I was just going to say, maybe they didn't really celebrate it too much. Or maybe it was because, you know, they were still concerned that, you know, they didn't how. Want bad they didn't want All Hallows, they, you know, All Hallows Eve. Yeah, they I didn't want been. some some dead coming back to to whisk all their clients away. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. All right. So I mentioned that there were 46 countries that were involved, um, and they had uh, 65,000 exhibits, and they had art and food and educational lectures, technology, stuff that was coming out, you know, all these new inventions, all these gadgets. So let me just stop you here for a little bit and then uh pretty soon we're about ready to take a break so i could save this so far but um the first podcast we did we talked about the different visitors famous visitors Mm -hmm. that attended the fair the second one um that we did we talked about the firsts things that debuted at the fair Mm -hmm. or were invented for the fair, such as food and different devices and things like that. Mm -hmm. And last week we talked about the tragedy surrounding the fair. So um, if you want to find out, you know, some more details about those areas, you can go back to the previous weeks and pull up those podcasts. But uh, pretty, uh, pretty influential time for American history. Um, this event was so uh right now let's just take a little break so uh we could save this and then uh we'll come back and keep on going okay okay all right we are back and we're talking about the details of the 1893 columbian exposition also known as the chicago world's fair (laughs) Didn't know I was going to do that, did you? You keep on confusing me. All right, dear, keep on going. You're doing well. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. All right, so we talked about, before break, we talked about how big it was and how many buildings they had and things like that, but we didn't say who was the architect. Uh, So I'm going to start there for this half. So um, the exhibition was built 
um, designed by um, Daniel Burnham. And we mentioned him, I think it was last week in the podcast, because he was the one who he didn't like how the cold storage buildings... uh, Cupola. Cupola looked, yeah. Yeah. And and he made them make it a facade around there. No, he didn't like how the... the, uh, chimney looked yes and they built the cupola yeah he didn't like that so he had to build the build the facade around there and it caused the fire the flammable facade yeah but uh (laughs) the chimney look better he's the he's the guy who he designed the the buildings and then the landscape architect who was in charge of taking all those horrible pieces of land and turning them into something great were uh frederick law olmsted and um this was the prototype of what uh, Burnham and his colleagues thought the city should look like. This is what they thought it should be. And so they uh, used um, some French neoclassical architectural principles, uh, used idea of symmetry and balance and just overall splendor. And uh, they definitely turned those nothingness into... Uh, some beautiful lagoons and uh, buildings and things that are just awe-inspiring and actually were such awe-inspiring that they they created a whole bunch of things in the in future books and movies and things like that. So, um, what do you think about that? Very cool. And it was all for six months. Yeah, like it was literally all built just for six months. So, crazy. Um, All right. So then um, we mentioned the idea of having um, tickets. And as it turned out, there were a lot of tickets. They had just hundreds of kinds of tickets. Uh, They had... um, And how many of those kinds do we have? (laughs) Uh, not thanks, hun- to the, thanks to the eBay. Thank not, you, eBay. Not hundreds, but I, I do have several. Um, but they had um, ones that had um, the Indian on them to represent. They, they called them portrait tickets. Um, and one of them had the Indian on it to represent the time before Columbus. And they had one that had Columbus on it to represent his coming to America. And they had George Washington to represent the beginnings of our United States. And then they had Lincoln on one to uh, represent, you know, the time after the Civil War, the ending of the Civil War and the emancipation of the slaves. And um, those were the four original portrait tickets. And then they eventually later put on um, two other individuals. Uh, They had Thomas Jefferson. No. See, you got me having Thomas Jefferson on my mind from earlier. Um, Benjamin Franklin. They Uh had Benjamin Franklin on one. And then they had um, someone who was not from the United States, uh, an artist. He was a German composer that some of you may have heard of before, George Frederick Handel. And you might be thinking, well, why would he have had... I was just thinking that. Why was he on a ticket? Why was he on one of our tickets? It was because they played his music throughout the fairgrounds through most of the fair. So he got his own ticket. Why did they play most of his music? Don't know. 
he was he was a great composer so okay yeah um not only did they have those portrait tickets they also then had those portrait tickets with the letter a on them later to try to prevent counterfeiting mm-hmm. uh and then of course they had tickets for just entering they had a regular ticket for entering a day ticket and then they had specialty days at the fair as well and these specialty days of course had their own special tickets and uh so the specialty days uh, one of them that was really important was of course Chicago Day uh Chicago Day was um on October 9th and that was to really be reminiscent of remembering the great Chicago fire from 20 years preceding and uh really get everybody all riled up and excited about being in Chicago and um then of course they had um the famous uh, Manhattan Day and so Manhattan had a, a whole day where they brought everybody in and and did things for that they had uh days for like secretarial day and you know all, just a ton of different days that were specially geared for certain individuals to come to the fair those days so they had special tickets um for some of those as well um but the ones that you find still today uh are mainly the portrait tickets of which there were 60,000 of them made um and then you'll find the um Manhattan Day tickets and the Chicago Day tickets and um I just like to point out that Chicago Day was a huge day for the fair. Not only because it was in Chicago, but just by the numbers. Um including with the final tally for just that day with paid admission, the free passes which the portrait tickets were the free passes for people. Um they had 761,942 attendees that day. In one day? In one day just for Chicago Day Dang. because that was such a big important day for the Chicagoans but they had just a huge number that day i can't imagine and just Great. think that was 50 cents a person to come in except for the free tickets but we don't know how many free passes there were that day they don't mention you know just a, a, how many were free they just have the you know clicker how many came in the in the gates um but that's just an amazing exorbitant number as well. So. All right. How about lectures? We talked uh, previously about some individuals who came and and did some lectures at the World's Fair and um it turns out there were 6,000 lectures over the course of the 6 months. That's approximately 1,000 a month. Can you imagine just organizing just the lectures? Yes. Cuz like- it's We've tried to do it for a day. <laughs> well, like... I'm trying like on our our live thing that we do on Saturdays just to try to get speakers or guests to come on the show. And like we've tried three times now and they either backed out or something's happened or yeah, it's like We only had one that came through. <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine trying to organize six thousand six thousand lectures. That's yeah, crazy. It is. It's it's an exorbitant number of 
of things. And they were on all different topics, too. You know, you had women's rights. You had different scientific inventions. You know, you, you had just every edge of the spectrum. You had these lectures of, that were going on. And just a thousand a month on average, you know, you divide that out by the days in the month. And you're just, that's a lot of lectures. Yeah. Crazy. Well, they said that in those sixty, or the, in those six thousand lectures, there were seven hundred thousand individuals who sat and listened, or stood and listened to those lectures as well. And that's an exorbitant amount of, of individuals as well. Although it's pretty much the uh, attendance rate of Chicago Day, but um, I think it's still a, a nice large number there. Um, and then. They had, as I said, 46 different countries that were there, but they had 4,000 representatives from the world's faiths that kind of all gathered in that one little area, and they all got along for the for the duration of the event. Which That's interesting. It's exciting mm-hmm. because we, we tend to look at world religions today and be like oh can't go over there that one's over there and they're talking about that and can't can't bring those two together you know but just like the olympics they come together for one purpose and it all works out yeah lay down your weapons and yeah so um four thousand individuals coming there to present or give information about um their world's faiths and i think that's kind of kind of exciting as well just the whole idea of everything about the fair coming together putting it together and it working out so well except for those few little tiny disasters that we talked about you know (laughs) just the, the mass size of it the people that were there organizing it putting it together construction all that other stuff what we covered in tragedies last week Yes, that was tragedies, and then you got you know H. H. Holmes being there, and Lizzie Borden being there, and you know all those <laughs> other people being there. But all that stuff going on, it's all just that minute compared yeah. to the massiveness of this event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just. I hope fantastic. that I hope that we're explaining it well in the podcast. You know, just the sure size of it. Of what's going on and well i think what was it one of every four americans yes visited attended? the fair mm-hmm. the fair yes yeah yeah but i think that when you mention a 40 acre building i think they get them the, the yeah. vastness of yeah, it i guess so <laughs> yeah. but, but just uh, in the visitors the workers the you know organizers all that one in every four americans was at this fair at one point mm-hmm. or another mm-hmm. so yeah it was a big time um was that all you had oh well i guess we should have took our break at a different time but it's okay all right well hey that's gonna wrap up the uh world's fair unless we find something else as we're digging along here and doing certain things which is always quite possible because it seems like it turns up in everything that we research it always pops up you know we're we did research on Lizzie Borden. Oh, wait, she was there. We did research on, you know, Disney. Oh, wait, his dad was there. We did research on Thomas Edison. Oh, wait, yeah, he was there with yeah. with Tesla. And they were, you know, battling it H. out. H.H. Holmes. H.H. Yeah. H. H. Holmes. And he was there. You know, it's just. Keeps popping up. Yes. 
keeps popping up. Yes. So. So. All right, folks. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a brand new topic. Woo! Don't know what it's going to be yet. No. I, I, I know you, some of them may be getting a little tired of the World's Fair, but I don't think I ever would. I, I really wish that I could go in a little time machine and head to the World's that Fair. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. And I have tickets. We can get in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um you can get a hold of us if you have some suggestions about topics or anything you'd like to add to this. If you go to our website, which is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com for the time being, and check out our uh, webpage there. I'll be posting some of these images and things that uh, Marianne talked about. And on the right-hand side, if you scroll down, there's a little form that you can fill out, and it shoots us an email. And you can get a hold of us that way. Uh, we're also on Twitter. The best way to get a hold of us on Twitter right now is through uh, Panic Database, at Panic Database. We're following that one pretty heavy. We do have a Twitter for Untold History Revealed, um, but it's mostly uh, one-directional, <laughs> where we post out uh, when the blog posts and stuff go out. But as, follow, as far as following messages and stuff like that, it's, we have so many different ones. It's so hard. I wish I could just <laughs> tie them all together to one spot. And, you know, I know. I know there's apps and stuff out there that does that. It's just having time to find one to do that and put it together. But Yeah, because a, we'll a lot of times when you do that, though, when you try to respond back, it sends yeah, it from somewhere else. You don't know which one it's going to. And, and then they're like, why do I care about what they said, you know, and... and, and yeah. We're actually responding to what they yeah. questioned or, or whatever. Maybe we so. should just do away with all the branding all together, panning D and all the other stuff, and just do Sean and Mary. <laughs> now, which we have that domain. That's true, we do. You know, but I don't know. Anyways, you can get a hold of us through there um, and check out the different stuff. And we will be back next week at uh, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's when the new one comes out. And if what you fun we'll have for next time. That's right. And if you do want to join us live, we do our live show Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, live at 5. You can head on over to youtube.com slash panicdvideos, and we go live right at 5 o'clock. And you can jump in the chat, ask us questions, and see my ugly face, and... Marianne's pretty face, Beauty and the Beast. Ha ha ha! Come join in on that chat and uh, say hi. Say hi, right? Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, hey, until next time. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Untold History 